Welcome to Living Well with Dr. Peg, where psychologist Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark explores a variety of mental health, wellness, and safety topics and shares biblically-based psychological strategies for living well and staying safe. Now, here is your host of Living Well with Dr. Peg, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Living Well with Dr. Peg. We've pre-recorded this episode to air on Thanksgiving. I pray you're enjoying the day, anticipating eating some good food or already eating some good food if you're one of those early eaters and thinking about what you're thankful for. I'm thankful to be able to share information and inspiration with you for living well and staying safe every Thursday on KLZ 560 AM and online at drpegradio.com. Also thankful for our sponsor, SSI Guardian, who set the new standard on advanced safety education and training. And I'm grateful to have with me in studio today, experienced law enforcement professional and safety expert, Chief Todd Evans, as well as his wife, Jennifer Evans, who you're a pub, you were a public school teacher, weren't you, Jennifer? I actually I was I was a teacher for the Christian schools. Okay, excellent. So an experienced educator with us as well. We also have a special little guest in the studio with us, uh, Chief Todd and Jennifer's youngest son Brody. So give a shout out to Brody, uh, Chief Todd and Jennifer. It's great to have you all with me today. And Chief Todd, welcome back to the program. You with, were with me about a year ago. Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Peggy. We appreciate it. Yes. Thanks for having oh, it's us. just a blessing to have you both on and to have little Brody with us as well um, uh, in the studio. Uh, I met you about two years ago. Uh, yes. We've been traveling around the country facilitating uh, advanced active shooter training with SSI Guardian. We have. And uh, real proud to have them as our sponsor for this program and just proud to work with them alongside with you and gotten to know you really well and um, just looking forward to our interview. I re-listened to the one that we had about a year ago and it was just right on point. You talked about some things that turned out to be really helpful, relevant information in light of the Las Vegas uh, concert shooting. And so I'm glad to have you back on today to share some just really relevant, timely information for the times in which we're living. And Jennifer, grateful to have you as well to kind of give your perspective as an educator. Uh, we'll be talking about how to keep our kids safe at school um, how to stay safe with our families, especially during the holiday season, presents some unique challenges. Uh, Chief Todd, you're an experienced law enforcement professional and administrator um, with a wide variety of experience, including uh, working, starting your career as a school resource officer um, with the SWAT team. You were the chief of the El Paso County Sheriff's Department here in Colorado, and you've even worked executive protection with some major Hollywood celebrities um, whom we cannot name because uh, you might have to arrest me if I let that slip, right? You bet, you bet, you bet. <laughs> but, you, but you can mention some of the fun that we had in the, in the movies like Seven Pounds and those type of things. So okay, it was, oh, yes, little hint was, there. Little hint, little hint. <laughs> Loved working with that gentleman. Uh, Will's a good guy. Okay, ooh, we let it slip there. All right, Will Smith, yes. I imagine. Okay. Good man. All right. Well, when training with you, I've heard some other wonderful stories about how you apply all of this information on safety and violence prevention uh, with your own family. We, I've heard about your children. You've got four kids. Um, Brody is the, the youngest. Um, we're talking about how families can stay safe throughout the holiday, holiday season, really all year round. And so, Jennifer, I really want to have you as our accountability here today. Uh, 
if Chief Todd really does apply all of these lessons that he's going around the country teaching, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> you're going to keep him honest today. Does he apply it in our fam- his, your family? Because that's what we're really encouraging our listeners to do today. Absolutely. He actually, we have been blessed to be married for 25 years now. And really, from the moment I met him, he's always been very cautious and very protective and um, absolutely he everything he teaches and 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 preaches I would say uh, he does at home as well outstanding yeah. and you all have four children Brody is the youngest how old uh, we well Brody is almost five right. so he's kind of our little um, surprise blessing mm-hmm. we have a 22 year old daughter Morgan and 19 year old daughter Mariah and 17-year-old son, Ty. And then Brody came along and stirred things up. All right. Keeps you all young, right? Yes. Keeps things fun and exciting. Yeah. Outstanding. And we're going to see if we can hear from one or two of your children today. So um, put Chief Todd further on the spot. It's one thing for his wife to say he's he's doing well practicing and applying these principles. But we'll see what your kids have to say, Chief Todd. Oh, yeah. That'll be interesting. That'll (laughs) be fun. That'll be fun. Well, this show's pre-recorded. It's airing on Thanksgiving Day. And for many residents of Colorado and Colorado Springs in particular, Thanksgiving is a tough day because they're remembering Black Friday, uh, the mass shooting that occurred at the Planned Parenthood Clinic in Colorado Springs, Colorado on November 27th, 2015. And I know you can't talk about some of those details. Uh, We know uh, the assailant was apprehended after a a five-hour police standoff. He's currently being held in a psychiatric facility, having been deemed incompetent to stand trial. Uh, But, Chief, really what I want to talk about is some of the lessons we can learn from that uh, tragedy. But it did have a a bright ray of hope in that whole tragedy because many people did survive because they were prepared. So talk about what we know about that um, tragic uh, shooting, what you're able to talk about that's in the public ref- record, in particular, um, the the safety lessons that listeners can apply, um, in particular at work, because that was a workplace also. Absolutely. And Dr. Peggy, I think it's a great topic, especially for the holiday season. And, and you know, it really dovetails into situations uh, that we've had here in, in Denver, mm-hmm. being the Thornton situation yeah, a few weeks we'll ago. We'll talk about that. Um, other different things. But that, that individual, and I won't use his name because uh, both of you and I are big believers, we don't give those individuals notoriety. Mm-hmm. Um, but that individual's intent was on Black Friday so that he could um, get as much attention to what he was doing as possible. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it does, uh, those of us that um, quite often go to public gathering places. Mm-hmm. There is some great stories that came out of Planned Parenthood right. because those individuals that worked at that location, they were very trained um, because the nature of yeah, Planned Parenthood location, it is. Yeah. it is. And also they had practiced. So not only had they trained and been given knowledge on what they should do, mm-hmm. but then they took it and they practiced it. And they talked about that after the incident, that that truly helped them survive. I think it's important to know that all the employees did were able to get out of there. Uh, The poor victims were out in the parking lot as he was moving his way into that location. Mm -hmm. Um, So they really did practice what they had uh, been trained on. And it is a great example. It's taken that positive and a very negative, as you said, situation and apply that. So I'm looking forward to talking to some of that. Mm -hmm. And then also uh, letting everybody know how they can take that into their personal lives. 
right. and utilize it with their families yeah. um, during holiday season. And that's, that's season. really always your goal when I go out and, and do the training with you. You say that every single time. We may be here at your workplace and your, your supervisor and your managers brought us in, but what you learn today is not just for your workplace. It is to take these principles and strategies and a, and a mindset and uh, take it wherever you go with your family um, at leisure, um, at worship, at when you're uh, out with your family shopping. And we'll talk about all of that today. Um, there's so many people who are normally at work on a Thursday who wouldn't uh, normally get to hear the show. So I'm grateful. I'm hoping that um, this show will be shared. Uh, the podcast is available, the recording at drpegradio.com, because this is great information, not just for the workplace, but at home. And I've talked to people, I'm sure you have too, who they're um, concerned because they haven't received training yet at work. And Absolutely. so they don't have anything to take from work and apply at home with their family. So we might even be able to go in the opposite direction. What they learned today about staying safe with their families over the holidays, they can take some of those principles back to, to work, can't they? Absolutely. And I hope those that are listening out there that they don't need, whether it be a small business, whether they be supervisors, leaders, mm -hmm. uh, chairman of a large business, they understand that more and more their employees, who are also many of them their friends, mm -hmm. they appreciate when they bring those resources to them because they, again, it's skills that they will never forget. Mm -hmm. And it's skills that they can take and pass along to their family members, their children. And um, you texted me after a, one of those situations mm -hmm. when you heard a witness yep. uh, who was we'll talking talk about, about what that. they did. Yeah. And it was it, it kind of made my day yeah. because for you and I, we, we have that passion and love to do it. But then I love when the individuals that bring us into a location sit through the training. Mm -hmm. And then when they approach us afterwards and say, wow, they're really enjoying this. Mm -hmm. So it can be maybe a negative topic, some may think, but it's great to turn it positive and then leave, uh, have folks leave it with those skills. Absolutely. And then that's kind of how I see my show. It's living well and staying safe are the themes. And it seems every week, Jennifer, I've got someone on talking about the latest shooting, the latest tragedy, and that can almost be depressing. But what I'm trying to do is, as we're looking at these tragedies, we are looking for the silver lining. And what are the lessons learned? How can we take this tragedy and uh, learn something that can save lives in the future? So it does seem like these events are happening more and more. Um, Sadly. Uh, almost every week now, we're really hearing or reading about something in the news. Um, we're pre-recorded. God only knows what has happened, may have happened in the week preceding uh, this broadcast. Um, but are these attacks really on the increase um, statistically, or is it just a misperception that we have? Statistically, they are. And you and I are lucky we've got folks at SSI that support us that kind of keep those those uh, numbers up to date for mm -hmm. us. Sad they're, they are on an uptick. Mm -hmm. um, we've seen several that have occurred after Las Vegas that mm -hmm. you can kind of, uh, that almost replicate. Um, and we'll go into a little bit about the lessons that were learned in the Texas incident mm -hmm. um, at the church, the, church yeah. uh, the California school that occurred last week, and also also how some of the same things were applied uh, that we saw at Planned Parenthood that mm -hmm. again saved folks, especially with the school in California yes, last week. Yes, a couple weeks ago by the time this broadcast airs. Yes. Uh, well, let's talk about uh, the local uh, shooting um, in, in a Walmart just north of Denver. Um, three people were shot and killed. Uh, and besides the, um, you know, the, these notorious Black Friday stampedes when the flat screen TV is going for nine ninety nine, that's a whole other 
topic. Some people might be thinking, uh, will I be safe in the store at the, or at the mall while I'm doing my holiday shopping? What can you tell us about um, the risk, that, the, the reality of the risk, and what people can do to, to increase their, their safety? You bet. And some of your listeners may not be aware, but we had a copycat incident down in Colorado Springs mm-hmm. um, just a few days ago. Mm-hmm. It was an individual that was struggling with mental illness, and he came in actually with a BB gun mm. and started making threats that he was going to shoot people, was doing it for ISIS and those things. Mm. So it caused that same panic in the Colorado Springs area, and probably he got that idea specifically mm-hmm. from Thornton. But one of the things you just mentioned, if people are thinking about what could occur when they go into these public gathering places, uh, big stores, those things for Black Friday, mm-hmm. that's step one for us. Okay. Because now Good. they're thinking about yes, it. Yes, yes. So now they can, if you think about it, you can start mental imaging, you know, what would I do, what ifs, how would I take care of myself, how would I take care of my families, and that truly is that mental imaging that mm-hmm. we ask everybody to do first. They now have a leg up on other individuals that are just driving there. Mm. And Jennifer and the kids can tell you stories sometimes when we're going and we we actually are kind of Black Friday fans. We started <laughs> that years ago, didn't we, hon? Yes, we did. And we'd always make sure that we only took the kids that could handle themselves. <laughs> um, as we were rolling up, um, we would spend five minutes in just talking about, okay, mm. as you mentioned, there'll be some things at the front door. Mm. Um, people will be pushing, shoving. We're going to stay out of that because we really don't care about that big TV. Yeah. But but if something happens, this is what our plan mm. is. So we want folks to take that first step. Yes. And that's something that, the, the, again, we always want people to take the positives out of the negatives. Mm-hmm. Thornton occurred, but let's learn from it. Right. Let's even Google it. Even Google it before you mm. go out and take a look at some of those witness statements that you and I yeah. saw. And let's talk about that, Chief. Um, I saw on the local news uh, here in Denver, uh, they interviewed one of the survivors who said she heard the sound and they all described it. You talk about this in the training. It's the sound of firecrackers. It's balloons popping. And the first thing we all think is, what was that? Mm -hmm. And many people, out of curiosity, move toward the sound. And you always say, uh, should you be hearing firecrackers inside the store in the mall? Correct. No, we shouldn't move towards that. We should assume it's gunshot and move away from the threat. So this woman was interviewed on the news, and she said that that she... um, uh, was realized, I, I better get out of here. And what we most often think, uh, Jennifer, tell me if this is you as well, you think about exiting through the same door you came in. Yes. And that's not always the best door to exit. In fact, the, the assailant was in the front by the cash registers. Had Correct. she gone out the front door, she would have run right into him. She thought to go out the back employee entrance. And you talk about that in our training. When you're in a mall, we know there's going to be what in the back of every store? Emergency exits. Yeah. All of them have to have them because of code. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so move away from the threat. Assume right. if you hear firecrackers and balloons popping in a store, assume the worst and uh, think about hopefully before you even enter the store, where would, what would I do? How would I exit if something went down? That's exactly right. And, and the biggest thing is, again, a lot of folks will tell us when we're out there and, and, and when we're out traveling, people will say, well, what if it's not gunfire? Well, guess what? If it's not, <laughs> you have done a fantastic drill there you go. for yourself, for your family. And the next time you have to do it, you're going to be that much more comfortable. Mm. You'll be that much more aware. Mm-hmm. You will have tested what was what worked for you, what didn't work mm-hmm. for you. So even if it's even if for some reason somebody set off firecrackers, <laughs> At the front of the Walmart, yes. everyone else will be watching while you and your family will be reacting. Yes. Don't have paralysis by analysis. 
react. Excellent. And we saw that through some of those witness statements up in Thornton. Oh, sure. And so, you know, there was that kind of that dilemma of um, the folks who didn't uh, evacuate, which really is, that's often the best thing. If you can get out, get away from the threat, that's probably the best thing. You won't be there to be injured or, or worse. Um, but a lot of folks who, once they figured out, oh my God, someone's shooting, they, some of them laid down on the ground, they, as we say, duck and cover, right. um, which is not necessarily the wrong thing to do. But what are some of those options? We have two minutes uh, left. Can you okay. introduce us to what can we do if we hear that gunfire and cannot evacuate? Absolutely. The first, and you've already mentioned it, you identify the location of the threat. Mm -hmm. From what you can hear, you don't want to make any assumptions and assume the least. Let's, let's assume the worst, and then let's react to that. So mm -hmm. you listen to where the threat is coming from. You've already done the mental imaging that we have spoken about earlier. Mm -hmm. So when you walk into a location initially, just get into the habit of looking for all your options that you've got on exiting a location as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, it's some folks will say that may have a paranoia to it and it really doesn't. It's a it's just a lifestyle. It's walking mm -hmm. in and what it does is folks become more comfortable in their surroundings because they are more aware. Mm -hmm. So just walk in, be aware, what do I have? What are my options? Mm -hmm. Because when that initial incident occurs, everyone else will be um, paralyzed, not knowing what to do. Some will duck and cover. Some will scream. Some will try to find a location, but you can hear where the threat is coming from, move away from the threat. And then also, if you cannot move, then find cover. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference between cover and concealment. We always mm -hmm. talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Cover we saw during the Las Vegas videos that came mm -hmm. out. You saw both officers pulling people behind large concrete barriers. That's cover. Yes. Stops if, a bullet. Stops a bullet, mm -hmm. yes. Something that can stop the threat or stop a bullet. Those of those folks that were maybe hiding behind, let's say, a tent, mm -hmm. maybe a canvas tent, that isn't cover. That The individual can't see you, mm -hmm. but that won't stop a round or a threat. Okay, excellent information from Chief Todd Evans, law enforcement, very experienced law enforcement professional administrator. Also blessed to have his wife, Jennifer, in studio with us, as well as little Brody. We're talking about how you can stay safe over the holidays days and really just day to day with your family when you're at work when you're at church when you're out shopping and having fun it's important to apply these principles stay with us we'll be back are you prepared for a sudden cardiac arrest having an aed is simply not enough School athletic coaches are required to have CPR and AED training, but they can only save a life with properly functioning and maintained equipment. Maintain compliance and reduce your liability with AED program management from SSI Guardian. Buy an AED and receive a two-year management program for free. Call us today at 877-878-5800 or visit us at SSIGuardian.com. You can learn a lot about yourself and God from a dog. When her children asked for a dog, this mom got them gerbils. So imagine their surprise, and hers, when she adopted an abandoned dog that she met in Dallas, Texas, just one day after her divorce. In a way that only God could orchestrate, her spur-of-the-moment decision to take in a little dog she named Dallas was just the beginning of a seven-year journey that transformed her life. 
and taught her to see herself and God in a whole new light. Read Doggy Tales, Lessons on Life, Love, and Loss I Learned from My Dog, a delightful and heartwarming book by psychologist Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Part memoir, part Christian inspiration, Doggy Tales is a must-read for anyone who wants to learn to recognize God's voice, even in the most unlikely places. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you'll love Doggy Tales. Go to drpegradio.com books to purchase your copy today. Threats at our schools and workplace continue at an alarming rate and require an innovative approach to overall institutional safety. A 21st century safe school needs the right training, the right equipment, and the correct action plan to achieve a future-ready, safe learning environment. SSI Guardian's comprehensive, evidence-based solutions and Tier 1 Security Consulting is the only active shooter training in America with an accredited CEU. Don't trust your safety to just anyone. SSI Guardian is the only choice. Visit us at SSIGuardian.com. Welcome back and happy Thanksgiving, everyone. This is Living Well with Dr. Peg. I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. We're pre-recorded. This episode is airing on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, we're broadcasting from Denver, Colorado on KLZ 560 AM and streaming online from drpegradio.com every Thursday from 1 to 2 Mountain. If you're off from work today and this is your first time listening, uh, welcome, and we hope you'll come back by next week when we'll have a live show for you. You can also listen to previous episodes or share today's episode by going to the program archives at drpegradio.com, and I encourage you to share this episode broad and wide with your family and friends and coworkers. Uh, we're brought to you every week by our sponsor, SSI Guardian. If you need advanced active shooter response training, safety training, violence prevention at your school, college campus, church, or workplace, go to SSIGuardian.com. Tell them Dr. Peg sent you. And as we're approaching the end of the year, you may be feeling like you didn't accomplish everything you set out to accomplish this year. And if you're feeling stuck and ready for change and need some help to jumpstart your goals, register now for my Do Something Different for a Change personal transformation retreat on Saturday, December 30th, 2017 in Denver, Colorado. Space is limited, so go to drpegradio.com slash retreat to register today. My guest today is Chief Todd Evans, law enforcement professional with a wide range of experiences. And we're also joined by his wife, Jennifer Evans, who's an experienced educator. And we'll talk, we're talking about safety and violence prevention throughout the holiday season and really every day. Um, we've been talking about how to stay safe when you're out and about shopping. And we're going to um, transition and talk about other types of venues, Chief Todd. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not unusual for families to um, have the kids are off from school. Uh, they're home from college. Uh, they're going out to the movies, out to a concert or a, um, a theatrical performance. I know here in Denver we have some great holiday um, plays and musicals that come out every year. They're part of a tradition for many families. Um, what are some uh, tips that you can give us for staying safe in those kinds of environments? Uh, and then we'll talk also specifically about sports arenas and stadiums. And we've got um, both of your children, Mariah and Ty, who are holding on the line, who are going to talk with us about their experiences. Uh, Ty is a high school football player traveling with his team and uh, Mariah as a volleyball player at um, uh, University of North Carolina. So we'll bring them into the conversation in just a moment. But what are things we need to be mindful of when we're out at these festive 
occasions with large groups of people, kind of a little different than being at the store shopping. We're in uh, our seats or we're in crowded lobbies. Give us some um, insights into that. You know, thank you, Dr. Peggy. The first thing everyone needs to be understand is individuals that have a goal are looking for public gathering places. And we mm -hmm. have to be aware that during the holidays, we're seeing not only here in the United States, but around the world, people looking for large areas. The incident in New York, uh, they're using vehicles now. We all always kind of think of the active shooter scenario, mm -hmm. and more and more that's growing a little bit. So we need to be aware if you're in a large, let's say a parade, you know, a holiday parade this time of year. You need to be aware of what's going on around you, where you set up your family for that parade, yes. which type of uh, walking um, ingress and egress that you do. Are you right next to a roadway? If you are, change where you're at. Mm. What type of barriers have been put in place? When you do set your family up, if you're at a parade type of an area, set yourself up where there is cover. Always be aware of something that's going on. Mm -hmm. Jennifer and I ran into that type of a situation in downtown Minneapolis uh, about two years ago where a large concert turned into a protest mm. and we had hundreds of people coming down a street we had nowhere to go um, because so many things were closed so we positioned ourselves behind a large concrete barrier mm. that worked as cover for us as all these individuals were breaking things and moving around wow. us. so it was one of those things we had to make a very very quick decision but if we were at a parade we would stop and see and say where's the safest place for so, us to set yeah. our family up? so before you even start enjoying the festivities and Jennifer um, I'm sure your husband is one of those guys who looks around before he can really relax and enjoy the party, he's already checked out the scenario. Absolutely, and he's actually trained myself and all of our children how to do that. It's mm. become like a game we play when we go places. Okay, where are the exits? Mm -hmm. Where are the barriers? Where? And so it's 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 he's trained us, mm -hmm. and so when he's not with us, I was very grateful he was with me at that time because. Yes. I had the baby stroller, um, but I um, I do the same thing. Yeah, that's so good because now it's just part of what you you do as a family, whether he's there with you or not. He's instilled that in you. So let's let's bring your children uh, onto the uh, onto the uh, call from from the phone onto the show. Uh, we've got Mariah Evans and we've got Ty Evans. Uh, and, and Chief Todd is, is wants to say something yeah. before we bring him on. Dr. Peggy yeah. asked Ty about when uh, he and I went to the the first movie we went to, mm. which was Batman after the Aurora okay. incident. And he was younger. He was three or four years younger. But yeah. uh, as we sat there, and, and it was the first time. And even though he was so young and so aware, yeah. he knew what had happened up here. Yeah. And then when we sat down in that movie theater, he was looking around. Mm -hmm. And I asked him what he was doing. And he told me he was looking just in case something happened where he could go. Yeah. Well, and in fact, it's been five years. Chief Todd, 2012. Yes. So, hi, Ty Evans. Thanks for being on the program. Welcome. Hi, how's it going? It's going great, and I know uh, this episode's pre-recorded, but right now in real life, in real time, you're on a bus heading to a football game uh, with Palmer Ridge uh, High School, and you're the quarterback there. So, good luck. We'll we'll know when this broadcast airs what happened, what the outcome of that game is. <laughs> Well, thank you very much. Well, your dad is saying that after the Aurora Theater shooting, you were five years younger, uh, five years ago, um, you guys went to the, the movie, and your dad's been, your mom has been talking about how it's kind of natural for you as a family to put some of these principles into place. Talk about what that was like for you, if you can recall. Well, you know, since I was little, my dad was always, um, you know, I'd always noticed my dad checking the exits and, you know, always just being aware of the people around us. So that was kind of the first time where it hit me, like, it can happen to anybody, anywhere, and, you know, it was the, 
Um, it was the day after the Aurora shooting, so I was on the like I was um, aware of what happened, and you know I walked in the movie theater and there was a armed police officer at the front, and you know that's something very different for a 11 year old kid to see, um, you know, just going to the movies with his dad on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. So I walked in, and you know it was just um, crazy to think that somebody could come in here and if they wanted to put an arm on any of us, they could. And so you know it was hard to relax, and I was definitely in there checking my exits and making sure that. You know, if anything did go down, uh, I was me and my dad were out as fast as possible. Yeah, and so Ty, did that help you feel less anxious to know that you had a plan, to know that you were aware of the options of what you could do if something did go down, as you put it? Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, with my dad always training us when we were little, that definitely made me uh, be able to be aware of our surroundings better, and you know, just knowing that he was there and that he, you know, has so much experience with the, um, those types of situations. I felt safe just knowing that, you know, if anything did go down, he'd know exactly what to do and when to do it. Yeah. You know, I just have to do what he tells me to do and we'll be fine. That's great. Then your dad's smiling. <laughs> so it's, it's uh, a lot of parents think, uh, Chief Todd, that talking about the violent acts and saying, hey, look what happened on the news yesterday. Look what happened at this school. Some parents are afraid that that's going to make their kids anxious. But it sounds like for Ty, having talked about it all this time and then being able to be proactive and feel like there were, were things he could do uh, actually helped him feel safer. Absolutely. What all the parents need to understand, it's truly age appropriate. And we see that not only do you and I go out to different businesses, but when we get into the schools, and you and I love to do the schools because we can interact with those teachers. And one thing we have seen is we have to understand because of the nature of social media, the phones, our kids are so much more aware than what we even want to admit. We want to, we want to think that we still have to protect them and they shouldn't know about what's bad going on in the world. Well, they do, especially age appropriate. Mm -hmm. But we had, a, we had an example. We did uh, lockdown training at a school um, that had uh, kindergarten kids in it. Mm -hmm. And so we actually went around and the teachers did a great job because age appropriate, they treated it more of hide and seek with their children. Mm -hmm. And as after we were debriefing, we were going through the classrooms and I had a little girl run up to us and she said, you couldn't see me, did you? You couldn't <laughs> see me. And she showed me where she hid and you could just see how empowered she was and how happy she was. Mm -hmm. And I really commended her teacher because it wasn't that we were hiding right. of what was going on. She just put it in very age appropriate That's terms. Great. So I'd recommend all the parents know how old your child is, mm -hmm. know what's age appropriate for them to make sure we don't scare them. Mm -hmm. But let's keep in mind, we've been doing fire drills in schools for kids and they're all the way down to the preschool age. They're yes. just used to it. So because it's the way the teachers, the administrators, that they um, produce that and that they show them this is okay. Mm -hmm. You know, we may not have a fire here. We probably won't because right. we just don't have many yeah. fires in schools. But every child gets trained to do that. So in their mind, they don't have to be afraid of it. Right. That's outstanding. And in a couple of weeks, I'll, I'll be airing a recorded interview that I had with Michelle Gay, who's the founder of Safe and Sound Schools. And she lost her daughter, Josephine, at Sandy Hook. Oh. And so teaching those little ones how to hide is life-saving and certainly evacuating Absolutely. Uh, as well if that's an option. And so again, I think your, your advice is wonderful, age appropriate, and you've been practicing what you preach uh, throughout the age range of your children. Uh, Ty, thanks again for being with us. Good luck in that game. Uh, so Chief Todd, what are some of the things that you've talked with your daughter about when she's traveling on her away games in particular, or even at these big university kind of stadiums? Absolutely. And you know, that's one thing we haven't seen here a lot yet in the United States. We hope we never do, mm -hmm. uh, God willing. But 
out there. Again, that's another public gathering place. So we've actually sat down and we had a, a short conversation with her head coach, Joe Segula, out of North mm. Carolina. And we said, Coach, what kind of training do you give the team? Um, because that team, you know, Mariah's uh, at that D1 level. She'll yeah. be traveling to Europe. They yeah. do other of those type of things. Yeah. Um, and they have to be prepared and they have to understand. And I've, I've recommended to them and went all the way down to the high school level where Jennifer was a coach is you've got multiple assistants on these teams. Mm -hmm. So when you get to a location, send one of your assistants out again mm. to scout out the location to see if something occurs, which would be the quickest route for the team to come off Excellent. of the court. Right. Mm -hmm. And you could do this all the way down to the peewee level. You sure. could do it at club soccer that and just train your kids. It would take a very short time. You could do it once or twice. If an incident occurs, mm -hmm. whether it be in the stands or whether it be in an adjoining field or somewhere else, you train the kids. Don't focus on what's going on. You focus at the coach. The head coach then looks at the assistant. The assistant then leads mm -hmm. the entire team on that evacuation route because they've already looked for it. Right. And that's something that you take from executive protection. Outstanding. When Thank we you. were out with the stars, we always knew the location and exactly where we had to go mm -hmm. if something occurred. Excellent, excellent. Uh, we, we also have Mariah on the line. She's a student at uh, University of North Carolina and a volleyball player, so involved in she sports is. as well. Mariah, thanks so much for being on the phone with us. Welcome to the program. Of course. You heard what your dad said about uh, that advanced preparation. Uh, how easy is that to do for you? Because it's just kind of a, a natural thing that you've grown up learning about. Yeah, I really never realized how important it was until I was away from my family somewhere that I didn't know. So every day I'm going places that I don't know with people, with my friends and with other people that I don't know. And I didn't really realize that I did it until um, one of my friends mentioned it to me and um, that whenever, whenever something happens, I always know where to go. And so I didn't realize that I did. It was just a unconscious thing at this point, but it's extremely important to just be aware of, where we are, where we should go, especially like you were saying, in big areas where we travel um, almost every weekend and we go to gyms with 4,000 to 6,000 people. And um, there's been situations where things have happened and our team has to get out. And um, I didn't realize how important it was to be trained in that area because there's so many of my teammates who aren't and they just freeze up and don't know what to do. Yeah. But I feel so much more prepared that I do know and that I can help other girls. Excellent. Proud, proud parents here in the studio. They're both smiling uh, to know that, that you've learned your lessons well. And it really is about um, that kind of it's automatic for you, uh, Mariah. And what I always say is that it only just takes one well-trained person in, an, in a critical incident to make a difference. And so um, I imagine you're probably a leader on your team as well, knowing your parents. I know they've raised you well. Uh, and so you can be a leader in this area as well and um, model that for your, your teammates and even explicitly tell them what you're doing. Uh, so thanks so much for sharing your perspective, Mariah. Of course. Thank you. Wonderful. Dad's, dad's proud. Mom's proud over here. Absolutely. So Chief Todd, really what she's talking about is situational awareness. Um, and Jennifer, as a mom, um, especially of, of daughters, um, we want our daughters especially to be have their eyes open. Uh, you know, uh, she was talking about traveling different places and, and even the world. And I was remembering back to a young woman who disappeared on a spring break trip, mm -hmm. you know? And so what we're talking about is not just for active shooter, that whole situational awareness, uh, mental imaging, 
uh, what would I do if it really applies to any kind of scenario where personal safety is involved, doesn't it? It truly does. And don't let people become overconfident. I mean, yeah. one thing we all have to know our limitations. You know, in that situation, I want to say it was in Aruba. Mm-hmm. Um, there's yep. no way that you can be a tourist and fly into Aruba and be a teenager mm. and all of a sudden say, hey, you know what? I can go out and handle Aruba. Um, and sometimes people have to know their limitations. Mm -hmm. So just again, be aware of where you're going, what you're doing. And whenever it's a foreign, especially a foreign country, Mm -hmm. um, be aware, look at, look at the UCLA players, you know, be aware of what you're doing. Be aware that every one of your actions could have a consequence, both from a safety side, from a, a getting in trouble side and just know your limitations and say, you know what, maybe I don't need to go out tonight. If I'm a 16 year old, 17 year old kid, maybe as parents, we need to tighten the reins a little bit and say, it's not appropriate for you to go out mm-hmm. in Aruba by yourself um, and 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 think that you can handle yourself because you're okay in the United States. Right, right, right. And unsupervised in particular. Absolutely. So uh, we'll talk some more about the, the uh, traveling overseas because uh, that's something a lot of folks are going to be doing over the next uh, month or so is traveling for the holidays, for vacation. Um, I had a, a woman named Lisa Hamp on the show a couple of weeks ago, and she was a survivor of Virginia Tech. Mm. And she talked about how um, her, one of her classmates, they all heard the popping sound again. One of her classmates opened the door, peeked out to see what was going on, saw the assailant approaching them, was quick thinking enough to slam the door shut, and they built a barricade, and they laid on the ground as the shooter was, um, the assailant was shooting through the door, and through their quick thinking actions, and they were pushing the door, he was pushing it open, they were pushing it closed, he was pushing it open, he's shooting through the door, and they survived. And so these are things that can happen uh, to our children when they're away at school, when they're in a K-12 school, and it really is about thinking it through in advance. What would I do if? Chief Todd? Some of those Planned Parenthood uh, heroes, because the lady you just mentioned for Virginia Tech, mm-hmm. hero, they reacted, they reacted great. Yeah. Wonderful success stories. Planned Parenthood, they had planned their hiding places, yes. many of them. Some evacuated, some had planned, and some hid in locations that that individual mm-hmm. said he looked for, mm. couldn't find them for five hours. Wow. Great success story. Yeah. So again, uh, it helps to think it through. We, it makes us feel scared. It makes us feel anxious. But the more we think these scenarios through and debrief past scenarios, that can give us a comfort that we'll be prepared. We know what to do. We have a plan. I'm talking with Chief Todd Evans. Stay with us. We'll be back. Schools are increasingly adopting 21st century learning strategies. However, safety largely remains absent from the conversation and fragmented efforts continue allowing for security gaps. Studies show effective learning can only exist when students and teachers feel safe. As the industry leader providing innovative educational solutions for more than 58 years, School Specialty has created the 21st Century Safe School, which aligns next generation learning best practices with proven safety solutions focused on the mental, physical, and emotional well-being being of every student, teacher, and school employee. From early childhood solutions to advanced training for teachers and administrators, the 21st Century Safe School is the most complete and comprehensive approach available to schools and universities. As a parent, you have every right to demand that your child is afforded the safest environment. Take action today by calling us at 877-878-5800 and learn more about this innovative approach at SSIGuardian.com. Do you ever make changes? 
But after a few days, weeks, or even months, you slip back into old behaviors and patterns. If you want something different, you've got to do something different. Yet most people won't do what's required to experience the lasting change they say they want. Why? Because change is hard, it's scary, and it comes at a cost. If you're ready for change, join psychologist, author, and transformation specialist, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark for a one-day Do Something Different for a Change personal transformation retreat. In this intensive yet intimate retreat, you'll learn fundamental principles and strategies for lasting change and transformation and craft a customized plan that you can put into action right away. Dr. Peg's Do Something Different for a Change personal transformation retreat is coming to Denver on Saturday, December 30th. Go to drpegradio.com forward slash retreat to register today. Welcome back, everyone, and happy Thanksgiving. I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. My guests today are Chief Todd Evans and his wife, Jennifer Evans. And we got Brody in the studio. We heard from Mariah and Ty. And, uh, we're talking about all things safety for you and your family over the holidays. If you would like to share this interview with a friend or family member, and I strongly encourage you to do so, or if you'd like to learn more about my December 30th Do Something Different for a Change personal transformation retreat, go to drpegradio.com and you'll see the program archives for this program and a host of programs that are all about living well and staying safe. Um, Jennifer, during the break, you were talking about how important it is to not get complacent, um, that it's great when uh, all of these principles that we've been talking about today are really ingrained, and it's almost automatic to, to before you even get out of the car, or before you even leave the house even, to think about where are we going to meet up if something goes down, where are we going to, uh, how are we going to evacuate, what's our plan of action, Thinking through all of that, situational awareness, mental imaging, as Chief Todd said, is so important. But you said it's still so easy to get complacent. You you live with a law enforcement guy, and still it, it's hard. It is. It is. And the reason I brought it up is because I'm guilty of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we live in a, I feel we live in a fairly safe area. And a lot of times when you're thinking about um, not being safe is when you go to some place that you feel you know, you've heard of something mm-hmm. happening or in at that type of environment, but you you forget when you're going to church or when you're going to, you know, places you go to every single day, the grocery store, right, right. and you don't, you don't, you don't keep doing the same principles. Sometimes you let your guard down. And so Todd reminds me a lot, you know, remember, you've got to make sure you're still doing those things mm-hmm. in those places that you feel safe. Right. Um, because the truth is you, we're not, all, we're not safe yeah. always. Yeah. And um, it's always to, you feel prepared and you feel kind of more confident in yourself and your family when you know you've got a plan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so in those areas, you just, you just can't forget that mm-hmm. wherever you are. Yeah. And Dr. Peggy, a lot of that comes from just spending a career of talking to these guys who are looking to do these things. And what they're looking for is people who get complacent, get comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Ty's not on the phone anymore, but I lit him up the other night because I got home at 9 o'clock and he'd left the garage door open. Mm -hmm. And even though in his 17-year life, I forgot. Mm -hmm. But in our world, it's just getting into good habits. At night, we all kind of go around and and it's kind of a joke and things of who's locked the door. Yeah. Um, Because these guys, I've spent a career with these Mm -hmm. guys that's saying they will go 
go and look for open doors. Yeah. They're not necessarily forcing entry, but Literal if they find an open figurative. door, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If they if you leave a door open, your percentages are going to be yes. that one, somebody's going to check it at 4 a.m. and then they're good. coming in. Thank you for that because um, I, I'm the one at, at my home who's always like, did you lock the door? Did you lock the door? And I'm glad to know my instincts are good. I grew up in New York, so I kind of was raised with, you lock your doors, yes. you know? We lived in the South for a while where people didn't lock their doors, but I, I you know, I just was in that habit, so I'm glad to know that's a smart thing to do. Um, let's talk about church, um, because you were saying, you know, you go places like church and you feel safe, but we've had now several recent uh, church shootings, and some more well-publicized than others, and um, there are people looking over their shoulders now at church. Um, and many more people attend church during the holiday season. We call them CME churches, Christmas, Mother's Day, and Easter, yes. where yes. it's standing room That's only right. on those right. holidays. So you have folks who uh, are, are regular attenders, members of the church, but then you have a lot of visitors, a lot of family members, maybe even from out of town. So even if there were a, a security plan in place at that church, all of these visitors during the holiday, they have no clue what those plans are. Uh, what are some of the things that we should be mindful of when we're in our uh, houses of worship? You know, down in Colorado Springs, we had a, a, an incident at New Life Church yeah. um, probably 10 years ago, 12 years ago, something like that. And New Life Church had a very robust security program and still does. Mm -hmm. But that didn't mean that it wasn't going to happen there, and it did. Right. So, you know, we started training in churches shortly after that, and we've trained ever since. So what I would recommend people do is ask. A lot of people that go to a church may not even know that they do have a security element, mm -hmm. entity security plan. So the first step is to ask. Find your church elders and ask them if the church does have a program a, and get involved. Mm -hmm. Get involved with that program, not only to the point that they always need volunteers, right. and you don't have to be ex-law enforcement, military, fire to be one of those volunteers. Mm -hmm. A lot of times they just need people to be monitors. Eyes they and need ears. people to help. Eyes and ears. Yes. If you see something, right. say something. So you can get involved regardless of what your experience level is. But then just like you said, more important is, okay, if something happens, how are we going to react as a church? Mm -hmm. Let's take a look at the Texas incident that occurred. That was a very old and small church. Mm -hmm. Because of the architecture of that church, did the poor individuals inside have very probably limited yeah. ingress and egress that they could do? If that is your church, then let's talk to the church elders. How can we increase our options inside mm -hmm. of our sanctuary area? So again, it starts with that sit down because what I found more and more churches that we went into and and it's getting more and more that both businesses churches and schools are now more freely talking about this mm -hmm. when we initially started to do it everybody said no we can't talk about that because it will pe make people feel unsafe right. but we're here to tell you as often as you and I go out and talk to all of those entities people now their concern is when it's not talked about right people say I've wanted this training for years but my business has never done it right. my church has never mentioned it my school so it all starts with starting that conversation, educating yourself, and then bringing somebody, and you have people, regardless of where you live, you have people with experience and things that can come in and help your congregation, mm -hmm. your business be safer, but you have to start the conversation first. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when I go out and um, go to events where there's uh, ministers and pastors, I always ask them, what are you doing about church safety? Yes. And nine times out of 10, they hang their head. That's right. They're kind of embarrassed and they realize they should be doing something or doing more and they say nothing or they say, 
you know, prayer, which of course there's a place for prayer. And in the natural, there's still some practical things we need to do. And let me empower everybody. Don't just be satisfied, either if it's your school, your business, or your church, if they say, oh yeah, we have a plan. Mm-hmm. Tell them who's responsible for the plan. Yes. I'd like to talk to them. Is right? the plan in a binder on a shelf That's that exactly no one right. has read and no one is, as you would say, exercising, practicing. It's one thing to actually have a plan, even have read it, but are you practicing That's that right. plan? And yeah. be be prepared not just to be a good idea fairy. Be prepared <laughs> to get involved. Mm-hmm. Just don't go ask, well, you guys should do this, this, this. It's very hard for leaders. You know, I've, I'm, as you said, a career administrator, different things. It's very hard when somebody brings you a problem, but they're part of the solution. Yes. And they're willing to sit down and say, I'm willing to help. Let's start doing, as you said, more. Mm-hmm. Let's put a plan together. Let's figure this out. Yes. But a lot of people will ask that question. They say, oh, yeah, we've got a, we've got a security plan. Okay, and they're done with that. Right. You can't take that next step. Be yeah. part of the solution. Yeah, and that, that would be true for schools and workplaces also is, is there a plan? You should be asking questions, even as a customer. You know, they, they tried to sue the Aurora Theater um, own, owners and managers oh, yes. saying they should have been able to anticipate this would happen and, and done something differently. They didn't win that lawsuit. Yes. But as even as patrons and certainly as parents uh, of children in schools at universities, yes. uh, asking those questions, what's the plan? How often is it practiced? How do you, how do you communicate? What's the reunification um, procedures? I've had some wonderful guests on the show, uh, even just in the past year, who've talked about those types of, um, of issues. Again, you can go back to the archives, listeners, and check out these programs at drpegradio.com. Uh, Chief Todd, you talked about, um, you know, if you see something, say something. That's a Homeland Security messaging. Um, I volunteer at Community College of Aurora here locally in Colorado, and our messaging there is if you see something, say something. If you sense something, do something. So it's often our intuition, if we're uh, practicing situational awareness, and we're looking, you know, who who is here right now? Who just came in? Yes. Um, and not that we're profiling or pigeonholing or stereotyping, but we're just aware of people's behavior, um, that they may look like, you know, they're packing something. That, I mean, that's a common thing that they're dressed inappropriately for the weather in a, in a big overcoat and it's 80 degrees outside and it's kind of lumpy on one side. Well, what's going on there? Correct. Uh, so in terms of having volunteers, even on a church security team, just being those extra eyes and ears. Uh, and one thing that I've been hearing is if you have a, um, the actual physical um, layout of your church, for example, doesn't give you too many places to hide or take cover, that tells me you need to have to beef up your parking lot security. Correct. People can't come in and do harm in the sanctuary if they don't get past the parking lot. So talk about what we could do there in terms of beefing up security. You know, always think about it, and, and you can do this as your home as well, but mm-hmm. you can talk about either perimeters or layers. Okay. And just think about there's there's different dynamics to each of those. So you can go out to, into a church area, and as you said, it may start at the parking lot, but even that, you need to know what surrounds that mm-hmm. church. You know, do you have something that could be a, a consistent threat or something that needs to be monitored? in your outer perimeter. Then as you move closer to the church, you start focusing more and more on access issues. Mm -hmm. Um, The incident in California, um, that's a a wonderful success story. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, The administrators, they heard, as they said initially, they thought it was firecrackers. Mm -hmm. They didn't assume that. Immediately they said, that's gunfire. Right. And they immediately started securing the school, went into a lockdown situation. So whether it be that school, your home, or your church, 
always be ready to take the next step. What am I going to transition to? So we can only solidify a public gathering place so much. In our business, we would call that hardening. Mm. But you can only harden so much because we all want to be opening still, Mm -hmm. right? Whether it be a business, a church, a school, you want people to feel welcome when they get there. Mm -hmm. So you have to train people that are inside. If you've identified a threat, you stop, you try not to give that threat access into the location. But even if that, as that is occurring, what is your next step? Mm -hmm. What are you going to transition to? Yes. Um, so it's something that uh, once you learn it, it becomes a flow. You communicate it. Mm-hmm. You walk through it with your people. And when we talk about training, Dr. Peggy, we're not talking about something that takes four years, four months. Right. It's not something that takes four weeks. As as individuals that now can get access to multiple, multiple forms of education through the Internet, mm-hmm. we pick up pretty quickly. So we can sit down and take a concept, have people walk through it several times, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden now they're comfortable. Yeah. And one of the things you recommend when we go out together and do training with SSI Guardian is once they get that basic overview and that advanced training of here are your options, here are the issues, here are the challenges, here are solutions, now we empower empower you to apply them in your particular workplace or uh, take it with you when you're out and about with your family. But one of the things you recommend is kind of what we're doing today is talking about past incidents, some end tragically, some there's, you know, like Planned Parenthood, we had all of those employees did survive because they had planned and prepared. So it's um, pulling one of those news reports off the internet or out of the newspaper, bringing it to your staff meeting that following Monday, or whenever your meetings are, and making photocopies for everyone and reviewing what happened, what did they do, what would we do here if something like this happened? It's just that simple, isn't it? That simple, continual training. Yeah. It just takes somebody who's very proactive, somebody who's very motivated. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is if you're that individual in whatever uh, place of business or school or whatever you are, people start respecting that. Mm. And people see and they respect that in today's day and age, and then they'll start gravitating. Yeah. And that helps you not only from it's doing the right thing, mm-hmm. but also as a, as a professional, people start saying, hey, this individual's got a skill set in a certain area mm-hmm. that we all depend on yeah. and that we all want always to get better and better. Yes. So it's a great way for those individuals out there that are looking at, hey, I can take what my personal beliefs are that we all need to be safer. Mm-hmm. They can do what you just said and they can start becoming a true leader within their organizational or in their organization on mm-hmm. uh, safety. That's excellent. Yep. And again, it really, it, it takes just one well-trained person, one person like yourself as the leader of your family who knows, okay, I'm, I'm paying attention, situational awareness, what are my options? That person really makes a big difference for everyone else. It's best when as many people as possible are trained. But anyone listening to this interview right now today, if you would take personal responsibility to say, I'm going to learn as much about this as I can, I'm going to teach my family, I'm going to apply these principles every day at work and at home. 100%. We've, oh. got, we've got children in Texas right now. Our daughter's down with the Air Force. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got Mariah that she talked about at University of North mm-hmm. Carolina. Ty is on a bus right now. So if something happens, we're worried just like all the other parents are. But then we hope if they're in the middle of something, or in today's day and age, it's it's a matter of when. when yeah, um, and what, yeah. Protect themselves, protect others. We couldn't be more proud of them. That's great. Excellent. Well, we have about four minutes left. I want to talk about... Um, Everyone is at home today with their family. Uh, let me share with you an old family recipe, an old Mitchell family Love it. recipe. <laughs> Love it. A house full of family. Add a house full of family members who haven't been together since they were children. Uh, add a bottle or two of alcohol. A bag of weed if they live in Colorado. <laughs> Pour in a cup of old grudges and resentments. 
Mix in one small living room, let the mixture stand overnight, and voila, holiday drama casserole. Oh, yes. <laughs> I can post this recipe on my website, Jennifer, if you care to <laughs> borrow it, mm, okay. if you want to try it at home. How common is this recipe during the holidays? How often does it blow up uh, where law enforcement is concerned? And what can we do? Again, we're talking about just staying safe sure. during the holidays. Very common. <laughs> I've never heard that, but I love it. Um, you know, working patrol, um, the holidays were absolutely the busiest season. People would think it would be opposite, um, but people not only as you just described get together and it's a festive party in one moment and then it gets very violent the next mm -hmm. um, but it's also the highest time for domestic violence it's the highest time that we would see on patrol for suicides mm -hmm. um, depression those type of things so basically what you've got to do is take everything in um, and understand don't go overboard Mm. Um, that fun that you talked about, yeah. take it all in portions, have a good time. But if you see yourself or somebody else, mm. and Jen said it earlier, you know, back, uh, I grew up in Albuquerque and some of our festive activities turned out exactly as you said, back in our family, because people got, had too much libation. Mm -hmm. They had too many recreational beverages. Mm -hmm. You know, in the business, we call that beer muscles. <laughs> and when people start hitting their beer muscles, people react very differently. And so if you know that you've got a family member or a friend coming to one of your parties, and they have a history mm. of having those beer muscles and causing issues, talk to them beforehand mm -hmm. and say, will you agree that we're not going to go down that path this year mm -hmm. and we're going to control what you're going to do? Because I want to talk to you now before you get in the middle of it so that we can control everything. Because yeah. the last thing you want to do is think that law enforcement is going to be able to come in to a holiday party or a domestic violence situation and solve anybody's mm -hmm. problems. It doesn't happen. It doesn't. And we've seen there's been a link, a common thread in some of these more recent attacks, a history of previous violence, especially yes. domestic violence. So again, really what I want to leave the listeners with is um, have your eyes and ears open. It doesn't mean anyone who's getting drunk at the holiday party is going to be your next you know, mass shooter. Uh, but we something's going on. Like you said, depression, suicide. Um, if they're, they're overindulging, we really want to um, keep our family safe in every sense of the word. Uh, Jennifer Evan, uh, Evans, thanks so much for being here in the studio with your husband today. Thank you for having us. And happy Thanksgiving. You Chief too. Todd Evans, thank you so much for sharing this wonderful information today. Dr. Peggy, it's always a pleasure to us. You and your family have a great holiday. Anytime we can help, please let us know. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless Listeners, you. happy Thanksgiving. Um, hug those that you love, pull them close, and we pray that you'll be safe today and throughout the holiday season. This is Living Well with Dr. Peg. I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, reminding you to live well. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Living Well with Dr. Peg. For more information or to contact Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark about her mental health or consulting services, please visit her webpage at drpegradio.com.